0: A lot goes into a Sunday morning service, and so I appreciate your faithfulness. You know, I've, I've debate, debated over the years, what does one do? Do we continue to preach the word that people came for? Do you continue to sing? Do you continue to block out the word? Do you not allow some things to be a part of uh, that service because of time? But we all came for the Bible, amen? That's why we're here. So, children, you are dismissed. You can head on out uh, this morning. Am I getting a little bit of a ring? Yeah, can, maybe you fix that, Pastor Luke and, and Sam. I appreciate that. And I don't know if it's coming through the monitors. Maybe I need to be a little bit louder. The expert. All right. If you have your Bible, if you'll please hold it high as we say our Bible decree today. This is my Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. If you would, please take with me your Bible or your iPad or iPhone and turn to Colossians chapter 3. That's Colossians chapter 3 verse 2. And I'm going to be speaking briefly about breaking out of prison. How many of you want to say that sometimes you feel like the stresses of life keep you imprisoned? Many of us feel that way. I don't, I, you know, sometimes our mind is just almost like, uh, like you're behind bars. It just keeps you so much in your, your place of imprisonment, uh, in chains, a sense of shame, a sense of guilt, a sense of sin. And I, I want us to kind of focus uh, this morning about being more kingdom-minded, more heaven-minded than earthly-minded, and you heard me say earlier today that our, our thoughts and our minds need to be more focused on Him. We need to not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, be renewed through Jesus Christ. An old adage purports that if you want to be successful, you must follow your dreams. Well, I'd never suggest that anyone should abandon his or her dreams. The truth is your life will follow your expectations. Your life will follow your expectations What you expect is what you will get. If you dwell on positive thoughts, your life will move into that direction. If you continually think negative thoughts, you will live a negative life. If you expect defeat, failure, and mediocrity, your subconscious mind will make sure that you lose, fail, and sabotage every single attempt to push above average. You must raise your level of expectancy And you have to change your thinking before you can ever change your living. You have to change your thinking before you can ever change your living. Number one, change your attitude. Change your attitude. I've had more people come to me and say, Pastor, you can't have this, you won't have that, you shouldn't, you wouldn't, you couldn't, and all that other stuff. And I looked at them and I said, I think you need to have an attitude adjustment. Why is it that you feel that I don't deserve something that you deserve? You are in chains. You are imprisoned to your mind. You've allowed the negative influences of your past to determine what's going to happen in your life right now. Our God is the God who supplies. You see, the word says, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. He knows exactly what I need. He knows what my wife needs. He knows what my children need. He knows what we need. And He will provide those very things. Now today, I just want to take this time to say, listen, if there was a gift that I could give each and every one of you would be, you know, how can you live a better, more successful, vibrant, exciting Christian life? And I will say that I appreciate... Your compliments. I appreciate just the way that you've poured into me this morning. But I want to pour into you to say, you no longer have to live and settle in mediocrity. You no longer have to to continue to be where you once were. You just have to change your attitude. I like what it says here in Colossians chapter 3, verse 2. It says this, think about the things of heaven, not things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Now, that was in the NLT, but it also says here in the King James Version, set your affection on things above, not things on this earth. So, let's just thought about it. Isn't it amazing when we start thinking about all the material things, all the the things that go on on this earth? If we start making that our focus, we start to lose who Jesus is. Do you know what's happening right now all over the world? We've started to lose a sense of who Jesus is because of all of the social media, all of the Twitters, all of the Instagrams, all of the junk that we see all over TV. We've started to believe some of the influences that have come into our mind and to our heart, and we now believe that it's the gospel truth because, you see, that's what Satan does here at this time of Halloween. He casts spells. The TV broadcasts. You ever thought of that? So what did the devil do? He handed you a tool so that we are so... Think about it. How many of you cannot even sit at your kitchen table or your dining room table or in the living room without doing this? Oh, I forgot where I was at. I was preaching. Okay, i got to get back to where I was at. i got to stay focused here. Because why? We are imprisoned to whatever the influences are that we've allowed to come into our mind and into our heart. Thus we end up losing instead of winning. We end up in chains behind bars. So I'm going to just encourage you this morning to set your mind on things above. Start your day saying off start your day saying this as I do. You know, God, thank you. This is going to be a great day. Thank you. God is going to guide me. He's going to direct my steps. He's going to bless my coming. He's going to bless my goings. Father, thank you that your favor is surrounding me today. Thank you for enlarging my territory. Thank you for blessing me. Thank you for blessing New Hope Christian Fellowship. Thank you for blessing Tackett's Professional Cleaning. Thank you for blessing my family. Thank you for blessing my kids. Thank you for blessing the families at New Hope. Thank you, Father, for all you've done and all you're going to do. Why? Because goodness and mercy are following me all the days of my life. And I am excited about today. Doesn't it make you feel good? I mean, doesn't it make you feel... I mean, it makes you just stop and realize, wow... Things are a little bit different when you start your day with faith and expectancy. When you go out expecting good things, you'll expect your circumstances to change in your favor. I love that nobody, no one can keep you in your house. Now, what do I mean by that? Because I mean that because of the churches. This week I got another email of a church that closed. See, and that's where I want to esteem this congregation. That if we ended up getting some cases in this church, we'd have to rethink some things. Because just as a father or a mother, your number one priority is to keep your family healthy, correct? We're all there. But we realize that hardship comes, sickness comes in everybody's life. But I know that I keep praying every day. God, keep us healthy. Keep us safe. Don't let the world tell us we cannot come together as believers to encourage each other. We need this, don't we? We need this in our life. I need to see you people. Amen. Praise the Lord. I mean, really, we need each other in one another's lives. Just think about this. Perhaps you're working in sales and you are scheduled to give an important presentation. You want this big contract so bad. Man, you, you, you just can feel it. And the voice in your head whispers, You don't have a chance. This is going to be a lousy day for you. Nothing good ever happens to you. You might as well not even get your hopes up. That way, when you don't get that great contract, your hopes are up. You don't have to worry about it. You won't be disappointed. Don't listen to that lie. Don't allow such lies to infiltrate your mind. God wants you to get your hopes up. We can't have faith without hope. We know what Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things Not seen. So hope is faith relating to the future. Hope is faith relating to the future. Conviction is faith relating to the present. Conviction is faith relating to the present. Get up and expect doors of opportunity to open for you. I like what it says in Matthew chapter 9 verses 29. Then he touched their eyes saying according to your faith be it unto you. Two blind men receive sight. That was, that was what was so cool about Matthew chapter 9. We won't go there and I won't stay there long today, but I might. It depends on where the Holy Spirit starts to lead me. I'll just tell you. But in Matthew chapter 9... Okay, turn your Bibles there. All right. We're going to go there for a minute. Okay? Matthew chapter 9. So, here is Jesus... And he heals right off the bat, he heals a paralyzed man. So here's a guy sitting outside the gates, and he goes up and he's thinking and he's believing that his father will heal him. Do you understand, church? We have the great privilege of being a part of an amazing bloodline the bloodline of Jesus Christ. And if you do not know Jesus as your Savior, today's your day of salvation. Change that mentality. Change that mindset. Change your heart. Give it all to Him, and be a part of the blood that was spilled out, broken and poured out on the cross of Calvary for your sins. Today's your day of salvation. And I like that here in Matthew chapter nine, Jesus heals a paralyzed man. And here's what He, he was started to call out: Why do you have these evil thoughts? Why are things going on in your head? What's going on with you? Let me encourage you, young man. Be gone. Those demons are gone. I'm casting them out. Now get up, grab your mat, let's go to town. Woo! Watch this. Get up. Get up. Grab your mat that you've been living on, that you've been wallering in, that you've been going to the bathroom on that you've been embarrassed to even have, because you can't get away. You're paralyzed. You've been living here as a beggar. You've been in a cesspool of misery. But I'm here to tell you, church, that when Jesus spoke encouraging words over him, he said, get up. Get up. No longer do you have to worry about your sin. No longer do you have to worry about your shame. No longer do you have to worry about all the junk in your trunk, the crap in your trap. You are free. Now go and run. Isn't that how God is? We all live a life. We have believed the things people have told us since we were this big. You'll never make it. And we started believing it, right? So now here we are in this life, right now, in your story, saying, God, I need you. Help me, because I believe these things, and now I have a sense of insecurity. I don't want to speak publicly, because I was ridiculed when I was in school. I was made fun of when I got up and made a speech, and anytime time I said something, I was humiliated. Well, I'm here to tell you, you need to let it go, you need to leave it, and walk on. And know that God wants to deliver you from that. So here we are, Matthew chapter 9. Jesus heals a paralyzed man. Then it goes into, right then, Jesus looks at Matthew and says, Hey, get up. Follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. So then Matthew says, Oh, man, i don't have to deal with people any longer. No tax collecting. None of that stuff's going. Oh, ooh, this is going to be good. I'm following the Son of God. Then... He continues, that he goes into a discussion about fasting. Then Jesus heals in response to faith. Then Jesus, which was a little girl, he went in, he, she was raised from the dead. Now, come on, he even said there too, don't you worry about it, get up. Then it says here in this text in Matthew chapter 9, and it says after Jesus left the girl's home in verse 27, two blind men followed along behind him shouting, Son of David, Son of David, have mercy on us. They went right into the house where he was staying, and Jesus asked them, Do you believe I can make you see? Yes, Lord, they told him. We do. Then he touched their eyes and said, Because of your faith, it will happen. Then their eyes were opened, and they could see. Jesus sternly warned them, Don't tell anyone about this. But instead, they went out and spread his fame all over the region. When they left, the demon-possessed man who couldn't speak was brought to Jesus. So Jesus cast out demons, and then the man began to speak. The crowds were amazed. Nothing like this has ever happened in Israel, they exclaimed. That the Pharisees said, he can cast out demons because he is empowered by the prince of demons. Isn't it amazing when God starts to work People will start making up a story about you. <clears throat> He'll never stay that way. I've seen him in the church. He lasts about a year and it's over. He goes right back to his old ways. Another one. She'll never make it. See, She's playing church right now. She'll be out of the church in a couple months. You're a sourpuss is what you are. Who cares if they're here one month, one year, five weeks, five months, whatever it is. If they got Jesus while they were here, it was good enough. Amen? Yeah. Take that. Devil. Devil. That sounds a little southern. Here's Reality. If we start believing what other people say about us, we'll never reach the height where God wants to take us. Because he wants us to live, and he wants us to run, and he's sick and tired of allowing the influences of other people because of their sinful nature to mess us up. But what I love about this, and and I still, in so many respects, and maybe you'll be able to teach me, but Jesus is always saying, don't say anything, and they all go tell him. I don't know that it was like he was saying, Don't go say something. But if I saw a guy walk in here right now that was blind, and next week he walked back in here and he could see, I think the whole place would be like, Whoa, what just happened? This is so cool. You know, so we've got to, as we look at this, we've got to realize that there's a great, great conclusion to what Jesus was teaching here in Matthew. So as the disciple is writing this, here's what he's saying. You no longer have to stay in jail. You no longer have to, to be addicted to any type of drug. You no longer have to go back where you were at because you're a new creation in Christ. You can live, walk, run in victory. And because of what you're doing, you will reap what you sow. And the more good you get, do, the more good you're going to receive. The more fruit you're going to have. That's how our God works. I loved your dad. Your dad was a very, very, very special man in my life. I'm saddened that he's no longer here. I'm glad that you're here, Billy, because we love you and we care for you. And I appreciate the encouragement. I love that you're here with your mom and that you guys are here together as family. I wouldn't want George to come back and George wouldn't want to come back to this side of the kingdom. Y'all don't ever wish me back if the Lord takes me home, will you? You promise me that? I'm telling you that right now. That man had a smile on his face, and he was changing everybody's day all the time. So I hope that when you see people at church today, that you'll do one of George Nucius's smiles. <laughs> I can't even smile as big as that man can smile. You knew you were loved, cared for, and he meant what he said. And I loved it when he first came to the church. I reached out to shake his hand, and you know what he said to me? I don't shake hands. I hug everybody. My thought was, through this whole COVID thing, he would be freaking out. He would be saying, I don't know, I'll go put on a bodysuit, but I'm hugging people. I'll keep you protected. That's how he was. And he knew the importance of that. But let's, let's just look at what the scripture says right here. It says in Matthew chapter 9, verse 29, Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. So what he was saying here is, because of your faith, you are healed. Now, I could just stop right here, and I just might. But if you said, Pastor, I need to be transparent with you. This is what's going on in my life. I have some shame. I have some sin. It would be up to me then to say, listen, you can let go of that. Listen. Here's how you pray. In the name of Jesus Christ, I bind Satan and all his demons and the influences that are going on in my life, in my mind, in my heart, whatever's going on. I don't accept it. I reject it through the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm going to get up from this altar, from my chair, and I'm going to walk in the newness of Christ. Only you can make that choice by your faith. And here's what he said in Matthew chapter 9, and here's the conclusion of what he was saying. He's like, listen, don't rely just on preacher, even though the position of a pastor is a high calling and a regarded calling. There's a reason why God calls the men of God. There's a reason why God calls the pastor. He wants to use the pastor. And yet, I'm humbled by even when my wife says, these things about me because I feel like I'm such a sinner. But I just want to be a loving, good man of God that when I'm gone, that whoever is here will continue to preach the gospel and do what God has called this church to do. To never lay down, to keep going, see souls saved and lives changed through Sunday mornings, through Thursday night, through Wednesdays, through Indian Bear next weekend as the women go away and uh, topics are going to be discussed walk away free Have freedom I'm going to conclude with this and i'll i'll preach the rest of my message next week just because of time But here's what he concludes with in matthew chapter 9 That he needed some workers And here's what he did jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area Teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, and I love this the harvest is great, but the workers, but the laborers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge. Of the harvest, ask him to send more workers in to his field. According to your faith, be it unto you. When did God stir within your spirit to do something different? When did God start to stir within your spirit to say there needs to be a recovery program? Don't sit back and let somebody else do it. You say, I can't do this, but I can do all things through Christ that gives me the strength. I need all the strength I can muster up because I can't do this in my own power. You see, because I already feel inadequate, I already feel insecure, I can't make it. So church, have what your faith expects. Have what your faith expects. Don't have the poor old me mentality. I've got so many problems. Man, I'm blind. I'm lame. My daughter's dead. Man, I, just, I can't do it. I haven't seen anything from the Lord. I'm done. I'm. This is ridiculous. Don't have that poor me mentality. I'm going to ask you this question. Is this you? Is this you? My children won't do right. My business isn't doing well. You see, Pastor, my health is going downhill. How how can I or how will I ever live with enthusiasm? You don't understand, Pastor. This is the worst my marriage has ever been. My marriage is on the rocks. Nothing... It's going well for me. Then you turn around and you ask me this question. How do you expect me to get up and say, this is going to be a good day when I have this big mess on my hands? Well, I want you to get up with expectancy. I want you to get up and say, this is a great day. God is going to guide and direct my steps. His favor is surrounding me. Goodness and mercy are following me. I'm excited about today. Get up, Ryan. Come here real quick. So, come here. (laughs)
1: Hold
0: this. Explain to me what happened to you. You had a God experienced when you were in jail three years ago. And there was a gentleman who gave you some information about being fat. So as you left and you moved on, why don't you tell the church
1: what this man said and what it did to you and for you? The most amazing part about what's going on right now is I was standing over there with the mic and I was going to tell this story and he didn't know that. Mm. Because of the impact that this church has had on my life. And uh, so I'm sitting in Southern Ohio. Not a fun place in Southern Ohio, but it was down there. Down there, right? Okay. I have problems with directions. So um, I'm sitting on a two-inch thick mat with coils, springs, if you will. And I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm praying, Lord, I've been doing this for 27 years, and I've never got it right. So apparently, I need someone's help. I know that he, kn- you know that I love you, but I'm not going to be able to do it on my own. So when I get out, please help me find someone that I can relate to and that can use me for my full potential that you want to see my life become. So, it's like the last week I'm in prison, for all of you that didn't know, I've been there. And, um, I go to the church, and there's a huge church, and, um, New
0: Hope. Oh, just kidding. No. A, yeah, no. I <laughs> he said huge. Belmont
1: County Church. We'll just call it that. So. <laughs> and uh, the pastor would talk to the, to the men that were leaving. And I happened to be involved at the church down there. And I was up on the stage. And he looked right at all of us. And he said, I need you. Th- there was three of us. I need you three to be, do these three things when you leave. Be fat. Remain faithful to God. Watch your attitude. And be teachable. And so I took the 40-minute walk from TMRC to Riverside Drive. And I was early, way early, and I went downstairs. And I don't know exactly who was there, but there were a few of you here down there doing a Bible study. And I walked right down and sat in a chair right in front of Pastor Todd. And he looked up at me and he goes, hi, how you doing? Welcome to New Hope. And he goes back down and he goes, wait a minute, who are you? <laughs> Do you know who this is, everybody? And he tells everybody who I am. And anyway, long story short is I, I always picture God up there in a lazy boy with a recliner with, a, with popcorn looking at my life like a movie. Yeah. And when I was saying that prayer, he was like, uh, wait till you meet Pastor Todd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the story goes, you've seen in me what no one else ever chose to. Amen. And I've never met anybody like you. That's as much like me. And I appreciate you seeing in me what no one else ever saw. And giving me the opportunity that no one else ever did. Amen.
0: I love what Ryan had to say. Be faithful. Have a great attitude. And have a teachable spirit. And we were just talking about it this week and he recalled and reminded me of that story. And as we all, if you'll just rise to your feet this morning, you know, it's, it's humbling for me to think that God set me aside. But more importantly, what God did, he set you aside to be a part of this guy's life. Isn't that cool? In order to stay fat, You have to eat well. You have to be around a table with good food. When Thanksgiving comes around, you know what you're going to eat, and you expect that meal to be great. And you need to be fed well that day, so that that turkey will put you to sleep on somebody's sofa. That's what we embark upon. But today's message, I want to empower you. To stay faithful, to have a great attitude, and to have a teachable spirit. And so, church, I'd like to speak words of wisdom into your life. I'm proud of you for your commitment in Christ. I'm proud of you for your faithfulness. I'm proud of you for your attitude. I'm proud of you that you've stayed teachable. I'm proud of you because you continue to give and to continue to build the kingdom of heaven in a way that nobody else can do it, but God has used you and your resources to keep the doors open so that those people can, on a Sunday morning, walk to a church, walk to the basement of that church, walk in and sit down because someone, because you are that someone and you were giving to give a young man life, a second chance at knowing that God knows Ryan's potential and God knows your potential. And I would like to applaud you for doing such a great job of resting in Him and relying on Him. And I love you for that. You are amazing. Thank you for allowing your love to filter into my life because you are amazing people. And I'm going to pray, then we're going to sing. We always have a time of of reflection in this altar call. But I love beautiful name Agnes Day. I love all to us. If it continues to go over, that's fine. If not, we will be done. But we'll just do beautiful name. I want to exalt the name of Jesus because He is worthy of our praise and He is our Savior. He's our Messiah. And I thank the Lord for all that He's done In days that I wanted to not face any person, any tribulation, any trial, I knew that my God was there and that He was faithful, reminding me to stay fat, to have a great attitude, and to have a teachable spirit. So here we are, church. Rise up. Rise up. Rise up. And right now the Holy Spirit is speaking on you. There is somebody in this room that is dealing with, with a form of addiction, with a form of shame. I know it. I feel it. You need to leave it at the altar. You need to rise up. You can leave your mat, and you can walk back to your seat saying, God, I am not going to face this any longer. It's over because today favor is surrounding me, and goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and then I will dwell in the house of the Lord with you. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that this morning we can break out from the shame and the pain of our past. Oh, God, I pray that this morning that whoever you laid on my heart, and Lord, you know I don't do this every week, but God, that you will stir in that person's heart. Maybe it could be one, two, three people, but I know for certain, God, you are speaking to an individual today to know that they no longer have to live or or reside in their shame, in their sin, And all the stuff that they've been doing, God, free them today. Give them victory. Let them stand up, being able to see light in a way they've never seen it before. So, God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your children and, and all of us just being together, Lord, to exalt your name. So as we sing this, Lord, you are exalted, you are holy, and your name is above any other name here on this earth. For it is the name of Jesus that we worship and by which men must be saved. Thank you, Father. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Let us sing together.